We're live. My guest today is Shane Vitrana. He is the co-founder of Stargaze. We're going to be diving deep into Stargaze today, understanding the technology stack, the future of NFTs, and uh, also, you know, some some interesting concepts around standards in the NFT ecosystem. You know, NFTs are growing in Cosmos and we need better standards. So we'll be talking about that. I'm also dying to find out why Shane thinks we need uh, more application builders and that we're spending way too much time on infrastructure. Before we get started, make sure to hit the like button, hit the notification bell and subscribe to get notified when I go live every week. And remember that none of what we discuss here is investment advice. If you enjoy this content, please consider sticking with us. We're live on Evmos and Quicksilver and soon on Osmosis. Just look for Interop in the active validator set. My guest, Shane Vitrana, is coming up next right here on the Interop. Okay, hi. We're actually live this time. We've had a couple of like technical issues today, but uh, we are getting started once again. So, um, yeah, I mean, I've been dying to get you on for quite a while. Uh, Stargaze is a project that obviously it's everywhere in the Cosmos ecosystem. We see Stargaze NFTs like, you know, in everybody's PFP. Um, I've got a couple of bad kits myself. You know, I've, I've got some tokens of staking, but it's a project that I, I don't have a whole, a, a, a huge grasp of the technology stack, what's unique about it, and also the things that you guys are working on in terms of standards for like longer term prospects of NFTs uh, in the ecosystem. So uh, we'd love to talk about that. And before we get started, I know you have a long history in Web2 and as a, a developer and, and builder in the ecosystem. So tell, tell us a bit about your background. Uh, yeah, sure. Um, yeah, so I uh, come, come from a background uh, building in Web2 and mobile. Uh, kind of started uh, in in Web 2.0, uh, working on Ruby on Rails. Uh, did did a lot of open source with with Ruby on Rails, and uh, also was one of the first people at Groupon. Um, so uh, through kind of my work with Rails, I got exposed to uh, kind of a lot of the startups like GitHub and Shopify and Airbnb, and like got to know some of those founders and stuff. And um, yeah, just kind of been a builder for a while. Um, after web 2.0, um, when I saw Steve jobs announce the iPhone, I kind of, uh, you know, knew that that's going to be kind of like the next big platform to build on. And then I kind of switched to mobile. Um, I built, uh, a couple of apps that did really well, well in the app store. Uh, yeah. I built an app called drum kit, which is kind of one of the first audio apps in the app store. You can just, you know, play drums in the phone. Uh, it did, it did really well. It got, uh, over 10 million downloads in its time and, uh, it got featured on Apple, like billboards and TV ads and stuff like that. That's cool. Um, <clears throat> yeah. And then, um, kind of after, after building apps for a while, I kind of got bored, bored of that. I felt, I, you know, I felt like I, I, I kind of like reached kind of like, like a limit or peak there. Um, and a friend of mine exposed me to Ethereum. And I just loved like the wide open design space, and um, it uh, and and also just the people in the community just reminded me a lot of like the early web, right? Is like a bunch of misfits kind of playing around and trying to you know figure this out and build some cool stuff. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> so um, because my background though is in kind of consumer tech, 
Um, Ethereum wasn't uh, at that time in like 2017 and 20, 2018 wasn't scalable enough for the kind of things that I wanted to build. Um, and then another friend of mine introduced me to, to Cosmos. Uh, she like brought me into a cafe and was like, okay, we're going to read the white paper now. <laughs> and um, the, the first white paper, the version one. The, yeah, 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 yeah. The oh, first yeah. one. <laughs> And uh, it, it, it kind of blew my mind and it, I had to read it like three or four times to like understand all the terminology, right? Because uh, Cosmos just uses different terms like, uh, uh, you know, like zone instead of like side chain or chain and stuff like that. So, yeah, um, yeah I just I just really dove in uh, the way that Cosmos scales with IBC just kind of really uh, made made sense to me as someone, you know, coming from a background of the web. And uh, yeah, just started just started building on it. Yeah, that's cool. And and um, and what uh, what led you to want to build Stargaze? Like, at what point did you say I want to build an NFT platform? Um, yeah, sure. So um, so early on, I was um, uh, so I was uh, I was working at True Story, which is what was kind of one of the first kind of like venture funded uh, 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 startups that was that was building on Cosmos. Um, but yeah, it was, what was it, again? I, 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 it was too early. It was like trying to, it was like building a protocol to like, uh, try and, uh, solve fake, fake news. So, uh, so people yeah. would like post an article and then people would stake either for it or like against it. <laughs> yeah. And, yeah. I think I remember that. Yeah. And, and, and building something like that, it's, it's, it's maybe even too early to do that now. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, so um, you know, Osmosis wasn't live yet. Uh, it was really kind of hard to launch a token on Cosmos at that time. You had to do like a IEO or something like that on Binance, and we didn't want to do that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, so, um, so after True Story ended, um, um, you know, I wanted to kind of build a kind of like a social consumer type with Cosmos. So. We, so we actually started building a, like a decentralized Twitter type thing, right? Um, and and while building that, uh, uh, we we realized that this tweet format is an NFT, and um, there weren't really NFTs in Cosmos at that time. Um, so um, you know, out really like outside of Terra, there wasn't like NFTs weren't a thing in like the greater Cosmos. Were there so, NFTs in Terra? Yeah, yeah. So Terra um, yeah, was a cosmos. Uh, the the you know first version of Terra was a cosmos yeah. chain, and um, yeah, they had they, they like they were one of the first kind of chains to launch NFTs in Cosmos. Okay. Yeah. yeah I don't. Yeah. I mean, I I didn't like play around a whole lot in Terra other than like getting getting wrecked in Anchor, but uh, <laughs> but you know, um, yeah, I, I didn't realize they had such a, a big NFT presence there. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I mean, so now, now um, you know, Stargaze has more NFTs uh, than Terra ever had, but you know, they were they are they are the ones that you know kind of got started. Mm. Um, yeah, so when we were when we were building when we were building this platform, um, you know, we realized that uh, we had to do NFTs first um, because we we kind of had to do that to build what we wanted what we wanted to build. Um, and then the natural thing was gravitate towards a marketplace because, you know, you need like the decks for NFT trading. Right. Um, so so we started working on the marketplace and uh, we did. Um, so after the chain launched, 
um, we did a large airdrop. And I think at that time, the airdrop was worth something like 150 million. It was it was crazy because it was like, yeah. you know, top of like the bull cycle at that time. Um, and then this community kind of like sprung out from the airdrop, right? I mean, a lot of people just came and just like, you know, uh, claimed the airdrop and then dumped the token. But uh, the the, uh, the people that ended up, ended up staying uh, created like the base of the community, you know, the community, which is really awesome right now. Um, and they kind of informed and suggested what what we should build. Um, so when when we were in the middle of building the marketplace, uh, a bunch of people you know, came up to us and were like, hey, we need a way to launch the collections. We can't just trade it in the marketplace if there's no way to launch it, right? So then we stopped working on the marketplace and then we started working on the launch pad. Okay. So, so now to this day, those are like the two main uh, apps on Stargaze, which is the launch pad and the marketplace. Um, yeah, so was, now was, we just, uh, you know, cover the whole Checking pipeline. out the launch pad earlier and it's, it's pretty impressive. Yeah, we're working on making it a lot better. Um, you know, right now it's just kind of like a list of all the projects that have launched, uh, but we're going to start like sorting them by a mint, mint volume um, and having like a trending section. There's going to be a trending section in the marketplace as well. Yeah. Um, and like, get, get, give me a sense of like how, how big is Stargaze? Like how big is the team? You know, what's your like, you know, how many people are using the platform? You know, how do you guys making money? What's your burn rate? You know, <laughs> that kind of stuff. <laughs> oh man, I'm not I'm, I'm not super uh, great with all the numbers, but I can you know I can do my best. Um, so 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 Stargaze is about twelve to fifteen people now, right? We also have a lot of people from the community, so it's like it's very hard to put like an exact number on it, right? Because there's the validator set, but then there's also uh, a lot of people that work with the creators. There's a lot of people that um, uh, you know help the creators launch. Right. So um, there there's there's a lot of people that um, uh, do it without getting paid from the team. They just like doing it. And then there's people who are paid from the team team as well. Hmm. Uh, so so that's why it's between 12, 12 and 15 people. Um, I would say uh, about, you know, uh, it's about half engineers and half kind of, uh, you know, BD and operations type, type hmm. people right now. Okay. And how, like, how do you, uh, I mean, you, I guess you generate revenue from, from fees, like minting fees and fees when people are trading that thesis, which, which is how like the, the company makes money. Right. Yeah. Well, so Stargaze's tokenomics was based on osmosis where, uh, and also Bitcoin where, um, uh, it, it started with a, you know, very high rate, rate, rate of inflation. Right. So, um, so Stargaze actually doesn't have much fees right now. Um, there's zero gas and, um, we have this fee, fee mechanic called Fairburn. Um, and, uh, it's based on, uh, EIP 11559 where, um, half the fees are burnt and half of them go to stakers. Yeah. So, um, so right now, um, the, the, the only fee that actually goes into the community pool is if you, uh, if you mint a name. Uh, yeah. Um, so, so right now there aren't, uh, you know, too many fees on the platform. So those 50 stars, when you're minting a name that goes straight into the, the community pool. Right. Yeah. Half goes in, uh, no, no, no. Um, half, half is burned and half, half go to stakers. Okay. Right. Yeah. Got it. Um, so yeah, I'd love to talk about the, 
you know, the stack here. Uh, cause I, I was listening to like a Twitter spaces you did with, um, with Vish from, uh, from Quicksilver earlier and, you know, realized there were some things that I had no idea about. Right. And so, um, but first, you know, it, it's, I think it's on the website. It says like stargaze is the most decentralized cosmos chain or, or something to that, to that effect. C can you explain what that means? Like how you stand behind that claim? Sure. So uh, in Cosmoverse last year, uh, we won this award for the most decentralized chain. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And uh, I think yeah. what they did is they looked at like the Nakamoto coefficient uh, okay. and, and kind of based the on that. Yeah, yeah. So I think um, uh, based on based on all the Cosmos chains, I think our Nakamoto coefficient was like 10 or 11 or something like that. And I think most of the chains are something like seven or eight. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So it's pure. So, it's just a Cosmos award. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. A Cosmos yeah. award. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. Maybe we can talk a little bit more about like community governance because I, I I thought that it was more along the lines of like community governance than than validator uh, distribution, which I guess is important. But I, I'd love to learn more about like how things are governed by the the community. You know, like we were talking earlier off air about how you know there's been some fee changes and. Uh, uh, that that were decided by the community, and uh, you know, I think I saw in one of your responses and in, in, in a tweet that I posted that you know, like things are things are are are, are in flux, and that you know there are, there is like a lot of uh, community input here on um, how the protocols govern. So we, we can talk about that a bit later. Um, so yeah, tell me what the stack looks like, and you know, I guess for comparison, you know, if you're looking at like a very vanilla Cosmos SDK chain. Um, how would Stargaze stand out in terms of what the what the software is doing, like additional modules, um, some like you know unique Cosm Wasm stuff, uh, and and one thing I'm particularly interested in is like your integrations with IPFS and how that works. Sure, yeah. So um, so Stargaze started off as a vanilla Cosm Wasm chain. Uh, but it has some custom modules. So, um, so it has some custom modules for some of the allocations uh, um, for uh, the minting of the tokens uh, because it doesn't follow the same uh, kind of uh, inflation pattern of the hub. Um, so, so it's more, more like osmosis where there's a third inning, right? So there's a third inning every year, um, but it doesn't have epochs. Um, okay. so, so it has, uh, you know, it has a custom module that, that does the minting. Um, uh, then uh, it also runs Cosmosm, right? And um, all the all the all the apps or DApps are built with Cosmosm. Um, so I, you know, I was I was in the original team that came up with Cosmosm. So yeah. there's there's kind of like a I guess a soft place in my heart to to like work on Cosmosm. So. <laughs> so when you say all the DApps, you mean the like the the, the star names, uh, like the these sort of applications built on Stargaze are are not modules; they're built with Cosmosm. Yes, yes, exactly. So all the all the kind of like end user facing stuff are yeah. uh, are, are built with contracts. Um, but the thing is, we do use kind of elements of the chain as well. So like you know, obviously staking and uh, and uh, the main layer of governance uh, happens through the chain through the SDK. Um, but our team is, you know, we we are uh, kind of uh, we have expertise in both the SDK and Cosmosm, so we definitely yeah. want to work on kind of the integrations a bit more. Uh, one thing we're working on now is kind of interesting is that we're working. So so one thing you don't have access to on the contract side uh, is like the ABCI layer where you can uh, perform actions after every single block. Right? Yeah. Um, so we're working on uh, uh, this cron module 
that will plug into the contracts. Uh, so then um, any contract can subscribe um, to get like a callback after every block. So then it can mm. run contract code after every block. Um, okay. So so this is something that we are going to use for our timed auction feature that is coming soon. Okay. So just uh, mind, mindful of maybe some people aren't familiar with ABCI or what that means, but ABCI is this uh, is this um, interface between uh, Tendermint consensus and uh, essentially the Cosmos SDK. And within the Cosmos SDK, there's modules. Uh, whenever those modules are performing an operation, they communicate with Tendermint through ABCI. Uh, it, it is essentially the way that the consensus talks to the execution layer. Um, what, what you're saying is that Cosmosm as a module doesn't have direct access to ABCI. And so what you need is you need to have like some kind of other module um, that uh, creates events such that uh, Cosmosm can subscribe to those events and perform an action when, um, when, you know, when like this event happens. So it could be like, okay, a block's been produced, Cosmosm needs to do something. Uh, it, it can subscribe to this cron job, essentially get an, get, get like some kind of, you know, event handler or something. Uh, and then like, yeah, perform an action. Yeah, exactly. And, th and that just opens their door to like so many things that you can build with this. Right. So, um, so we're going to open source this and then, um, you can, for example, um, Sorry, can you, can you like maybe explain so what, what kinds of things, like, I guess I understand how this works, but I, I guess I don't understand how, what, how it, it would be used practically. And, Oh, okay. So, so um, a practical use case for this in Stargaze is um, time, timed auctions, right? So, so right now in our marketplace, um, we have a buy now feature, kind of like, you know, you could go to eBay, you could just buy it now. Um, and and, and we, it also has offers, so you can put an offer on an NFT. But what we're working on now is timed auctions. So, um, so you can auction off, let's say you want to auction off an, uh, 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 like a regular English auction or a Dutch auction. Um, and you want to um, find uh, the best price for it um, within like an auction time of like a day or three days, right? Mm -hmm. So you can uh, kind of set a timer. You can say how long you want to do the auction for. Uh, you can set the reserve price. Um, and then, you know, people just come in and bid. And then um, at, that, at the end of the auction, right, um, like the chain has to know to settle the auction, right? Yeah. So, so uh, that's when the timing thing thing is important. So that's when um, this cron module will, uh, you know, send a call back to the contract to say, "Hey, um, this auction is over. You need to settle the auction." Right. I so I think so this is something that Larry was talking about also when he was talking about his uh, Cosmosm SDK, right? Because the Cosmosm SDK wouldn't have this issue. It talks directly to ABCI. Is that? Yeah, yeah, it wouldn't have this issue if if, if it was integrated, uh, you know, a, a bit more at that level. Yeah. So, um, you know, still it's still early days, and um, uh, we're everyone's you know working on better tooling and kind of better infrastructure for Cosmos. Okay, cool. Yeah, this is exciting. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, yeah, so you were talking about some of the so there's there's obviously like all of the apps are built using uh, Cosmos. Uh, there's some custom modules there. Uh, as a validator, though, um, what other stuff am I doing? I mean, I'm not running a, a Stargaze validator yet. Maybe, maybe at some point. Uh, but there, yeah, what, what other things are, are validators doing in terms of like, are, are they doing any of this IPS, IPFS uh, 
storage or like yeah they're, so so they're not doing any of that yet uh okay. um so so right now as a validator for stargaze um the main thing is you had to support cosmosm so like your resources are going to be uh you know a bit higher than running running a regular a regular sdk chain yeah. um but we are um so so the kind of the back end layer of stargaze there's a lot of kind of infrastructure that we had to build to like be able to server monkey pick right so um a lot of other kind of NFT platforms are very centralized. They're, uh, most of them are just databases and they only use kind of crypto for kind of payments. Mm. Um, and uh, a lot of them don't use any kind of like decentralized storage provider or like, you know, anything like that. Um, but we went with the decentralized kind of approach for Stargaze. Um, there's a requirement that all uh, collections have and, and data and metadata have to be stored on IPFS. Um, and initially we were, uh, um, the, the long-term goal is to have the validators run like all the infra, right? That's the long-term goal. Um, but right now, um, we actually built our own IPFS, uh, gateway because, uh, the existing solutions were just weren't working that well. Right. Yeah. So we tried some other providers out there and they had like pretty high failure rates. Um, and, uh. And also, just like the, the website and the marketplace is very image heavy. So mm. there's just a lot of kind of custom things we had to build because, you know, uh, Cosmos doesn't have, uh, we don't have the graph, we don't have Alchemy, uh, you know, or like Infura or like, you know, all this kind of like backend infrastructure that you need to build like a, a, a well-performing site. Uh, so we had to like, you know, build all this stuff ourselves. Yeah. Um, so... So we have um, kind of our own RPC cluster uh, that serves um, data from the contract super fast. Uh, we have an IP fast gateway that's also incredibly fast and built in Rust. Um, and then we have this like backend APIs that um, kind of form like the glue layer between uh, the front end and the chain. Well, what's um, the challenge in integrating IPFS with with Cosmos? Because like IPFS is, I think, fairly well integrated in the Ethereum ecosystem, and there's a lot of tooling and um, yeah, to to facilitate the use of IPFS uh, by by contracts. It, I, I, I my feeling is that's not really the case in Cosmos. That like we don't really have those things. Um, yeah, yeah, we were able to reuse. Um... A lot of the kind of the Ethereum tooling, for especially for uh, on the on the creator side, for like launching collections and uh, you know kind of like the the um, kind of build some um, like for example, we have a a tool called uh, command line tool called called, called Stargaze tools that yeah. that uses um, some of the um, um, uh, IPFS kind of tooling that's available for like Ethereum and Solana and so forth, and it kind of like wraps around that. Um, there's also Stargate Studio that's uh, even, uh, it's kind of like a front-end wrapper around uh, Stargate tools. Um, so we do use kind of the IPFS kind of tooling in that sense. Uh, but serving from IPFS is what we had to build. Mm. Um, so okay. um, yeah. most IPFS gateways are just incredibly slow, right? And no one wants to wait like, you know, 10 seconds 10 or so for the monkey pick to launch. Yeah. Right? So, uh, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Like yeah. dial up. So we... <laughs> <laughs> and, 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 and all existing solutions out there are, are pretty bad. So, so I think most marketplaces uh, and NFT platforms and end up building their own. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and, and they probably end up like saving it on like Amazon or S3 or something like that, just to make the website fast. 
Right. So there's some kind of caching going on on a centralized mm -hmm. service. And okay. And um, what what's the prospects of using, like, I know Kive is like, you know, it's a Cosmos chain that does this, this caching of like Arweave and IPFS. And obviously, you know, there's um, in the Cosmos ecosystem, we have Akash, although they're not like a content uh, delivery or like a content storage network. They're more of like a, a server space uh, marketplace, right? But which could be potentially used maybe or as, as some kind of like infrastructure layer to hold, hold this stuff. I guess like maybe Kive is more a suitable uh, way to maybe decentralize access. I don't know. There's like, is there any, does that make any sense? Um, I, I, I haven't checked out Kive yet, but uh, yeah, yeah, I'll definitely check it out. Um, but what the, the kind of direction we want to move in is um, like, for example, the RPC cluster that we have, right? Uh, we, we, like if, if a validator wants to kind of plug into that network, then they can. And then maybe they'll get like delegations from the foundation or something for doing that. Okay. Um, and, and then, um, you know, if a validator wants to run an IPFS node, you know, then they can, and then they plug into like the rest of the um, other validators that are also running like IPFS nodes. But the yeah. thing is like, it has to be provable, right? So if, if someone's gonna get delegations or get tokens for doing that, it has to be provable that they're running this node, right? So, yeah. so that's kind of like the hard part to build, right? Because anyone can say, hey, we're, we're running this where our tokens, right? So, yeah. Hmm. Interesting. Um, so, so val validators are, you know, might be running uh, additional like RPC nodes uh, in this cluster, um, but but it's fairly vanilla. Other than you know, running Cosmosm and you know maybe some of them doing RPC. Uh, yeah, and 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 there. Well, there's also some of them that run uh, marketplace mm. bots. So. Okay. Um, Right now, the marketplace is non non custodial. So if you if you place an offer, you don't have to um, escrow your NFT in custody of the contract. You can still use the NFT. You can use it for like token gated access to you know Discord channels and stuff like that. Um, but if you if you own an NFT and then you transfer it somewhere else, then um, uh, the offer in the marketplace is now stale, right? Mm. So we so so we do have. Um, some validators run kind of bots to, to kind of clean up the marketplace and remove stale bids and stale asks. Um, and they get a little bit of, a, of, a, of like a reward for doing that. Oh, okay. Interesting. And, and your Cosmosm implementations, is it permissioned or permissionless? Yeah, it's permissioned. Permissioned. Okay. Mm -hmm. And there, are there any plans or are there any uh, opportunities here to have um you know other folks in the community or like you know are, are you are you you're going sort of the way of osmosis by letting other teams build things there and like having this kind of ecosystem or is it more just you're seeing it more as a tool for you guys to build things kind of like in-house no i mean it's a, it's a pretty open ecosystem um, um anyone can submit a contract and upload it to the chain if they want it just has to go through governance um, okay. There's already, um, a, a, you know, a bunch of projects that have launched, um, third-party projects that have launched on, on Stargaze, like the badges tool that I think you played around with a little bit, you know, that was, that was uploaded yeah. by Larry, right? And yeah. um, so far, like 100% of um, like ecosystem developer contracts have been accepted and uploaded and, and running on Stargaze. Okay, so what, what are these other 
contracts like what are what are people uploading uh, as contracts on Cosmosm other than this on the stuff that that we see like on the website like you know being able to mint nfts and you know names and stuff like that yeah so these other projects kind of have their own sites um one um so one of them is like a peer-to-peer uh kind of uh, nft trading protocol uh it's called pegasus so you can have oh, yeah, like okay. a basket of NFTs and then you can um, trade it with another person that has another basket of NFTs. Um, so um, that's, that's one of the, uh, one of the things that's kind of built on it. Um, then there's like, you know, non-contract based tooling as well. Right. So there's like ranking sites. So um, Hubble.tools is probably like the biggest kind of ranking site for, uh, for Stargaze and you can go and like track volume and, um, they have this like really nice uh, kind of like live like mint and live sales streams. And uh, they also do like a lot of interviews with the creators and stuff like that. Um, so uh, yeah, so far uh, that's some of the uh, stuff that's kind of built on it. Um, there's also a generative art platform that's built on Stargaze. So um, if you ever use like art blocks on Ethereum, it's kind of like the same thing. Um, and uh, um I think I think this is kind of underused. I think to me this is one of the more kind of interesting, um, um, you know, uh, kind of ecosystem projects that's launched on Stargaze because it actually generates the NFT in real time, right? Oh, cool. So, um, so when you go to mint, it, it'll create some art kind of based on your address and based on the block height, and it'll create like a unique piece of art. Um, so that's something to check out too. And um, What's that's it called? that. Uh, it's called it's called Public Works. Uh, and I believe it's publicworks.art. Okay, we'll link to that. Okay, cool. Um, yeah, that's interesting. And you know, as a uh, as an NFT platform, I want to ask you this earlier. I'm asking now. Uh, how do you reason? Like, how do you like? I I feel that you know you kind of have to strike a balance between different users of NFTs. Because you have creators, obviously, like they want to create art and you know want to sell it and get people to like be excited about it. Then you have uh, enthusiasts, and I would put kind of myself in that category, also, <laughs> although like not super enthused, but like I've got a couple of NFTs because I just think they're cool and I just like want to have them. And there's like a community aspect, right? So it's like okay, I, I you know, <clears throat> might want to put this as a PFP, but I'm not trading. And then there's like traders. There's people who are just trading the floor and trying to make, you know, money basically with NFTs. How, how do you strike a balance between these different users and trying to satisfy all of them? Um, and I'm asking you this because I saw some of the comments you were responding to uh, today in, in one of my tweets. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah. You know, it's, it is very hard to satisfy everyone. So yeah, you're right. You know, so there's hardcore traders. There are people who uh, come in and trade hundreds of times a day sometimes. Um, and then there's people who are collectors, uh, who are, and then there are people who are kind of more casual users. Um, then there's people who just like the art, right? Just purely for the art. They don't care how rare something is. Yeah. Um, and then there's people who are there purely to try and flip stuff. So they want to come in as early as possible. Uh, and, and then there's people who just like the community, the community vibe, right? Um, like a new collection launches and, uh, they just kind of have fun kind of like uh, changing all their avatars and PFPs. And then they have their own little token gated chat and stuff like that. So yeah, um, uh, there's, there, there's various types of users. Um, 
and uh and and and, and then there's people who just uh you know creators that want to push the limits and do some more interesting stuff right so there's this pixel wizard project that that just launched um and it has um a kind of code in the back end that uh, uh, pulls up like token prices, so you can get a pixel wizard. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, so if you if if you get the pixel pixel wizard for like near or something, you like press a, a certain key and it'll show you like the token price for it in like so real time. Is that like as SVG based art or how does that work? Yeah, yeah. It's 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 SVG based uh based art, but it's it's like running in an iframe in this like JavaScript code that's like executing in the back end. <laughs> okay, that's really interesting. Yeah. yeah, it's kind of a novel, uh, a novel medium, you know, because most right. NFTs like just JPEGs or maybe even maybe GIFs sometimes. But yeah, 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 um, yeah. So I'm 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 very excited about this. I'm very excited about like new projects that are launching. They're going to be kind of pushing the boundaries of what of what you can do. But but getting back to your other question about you know how do you deal with um, uh, all these different types of users. Um, I think what's going to happen is that platforms are going to uh, kind of move into verticals to please like different types of users, right? So I think I think um, one good example of this is Blur uh, on Ethereum, and uh, you know Blur is like focused only on traders, right? So so if you go and use Blur, like the the NFT like image itself is tiny it's like smaller than a post-it stamp it's so tiny like it's comically tiny right so they don't like focus on the art at all it's just purely trading right so 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 if you go to it it looks more like you know like a pro trading platform like uh i don't know coinbase pro or something like that right um okay so the thing is the the great thing about stargaze is that it because it's its own chain anyone can build other types of clients and uh, websites for it, right? So if if anyone wants, they can build something that looks like Blur that works on Stargaze, right? So so I think I think what may happen some point in the future is that there might be different instead of just Stargaze zone, there might be different verticals, different sites to please different types of users, right? So um, uh, people that are in in it just for the art, right, may may have a site that has like just full screen art for like everything and maybe the rarity isn't even shown, right? So if you look at foundation um, on Ethereum, it, that that site is kind of designed, uh, you know, to please just the creators and the artists. Um, and Blur would be on the other spectrum just for traders, right? So I think, I think, I think that's what will end up happening. Um, right now we're trying to please everyone. Because hmm. uh, you know the cosmos is still still kind of is, is still kind of small, so you can still kind of do this right now. So you're saying it'll it'll come down to interfaces where the platform remains kind of agnostic. Features will get you know developed on the platform, but Stargaze, the website and the marketplace and the launcher, may not be the the place where people most people interact with it. They're using <laughs> other websites. They're using uh, applications that people have built for their kind of own you know, use cases. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I mean, Stargaze is almost like, you know, two or three startups in one, right? Because we're, we, we're building Stargaze.zone, which is like the main client for it. And, um, but we're also like building the blockchain, right? And then we have all these like middle, middle infrastructure where, you know, we have built all this kind of like, um, you know, image processing pipeline, all this tooling, IPFS stuff and indexers and all this kind of stuff. So, um, where, where in, you know, whereas if you look at something like OpenSea, right, they, they only focus on the interface. They're not also building Ethereum, right? So, so it's, uh, 
um, you know, at some point in time, I don't know, who knows, it might, it might break into like three separate companies or something. I don't know. <laughs> mm, okay. No. Yeah. Go their way of, uh, go the way of Tendermint or something like that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, without the drama, I hope. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Let's, um, yeah. I want to talk about interoperability because like, it's such a central topic, I think, to, well, obviously to, you know, the Cosmos ecosystem, but also what you guys are doing. Uh, you know, and I, I had this conversation with uh, Patricio um, uh, Worthaler of, of POAP a couple of months ago. And, and I asked them this, this uh, you know, about interoperability and the idea of like moving uh, NFTs across, um, across chains and ecosystems. And his response was pretty, uh, like, you know, it was pretty clear. And it was that NFTs are... Uh, inherently tied to the provenance, like the chain on which they were minted. And that if you take that away, you you sort of lose the value of an NFT or, or you diminish its value. And, you know, it, it kind of got me thinking. Um, and obviously, you know, in, in like POAP is a, is a very EVM centric uh, uh, project. You know, they're on Ethereum mainnet and, and Gnosis chain. And they sort of like, want to occupy that space. And, and also I think they're trying to, you know, they're very you know, keen and intent on protecting their brand and the, you know, the, the sort of like prestige that comes with being like the main uh, proof of attendance attestation service on Ethereum. So like, you know, there, there's like a strong incentive for him to want to keep that thing on Ethereum. Um, but, but it got me thinking about this idea of provenance and, in the context of NFTs that were potentially moving across chains and ecosystems. And at some point, you know, these assets are like living on other chains and other ecosystems, and they've been bridged over several times. And, you know, there, there may, may, maybe we've lost the, you know, the, the sort of provenance or even the, uh, you know, the, 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 the original chain on which you, know, you can also always go and find that out. But like, as a, as a user, you sort of like are no longer attached to, the state, right? The consensus that sort of like minted this thing. Um, is that something you think about? Like when, when thinking about interoperability and NFTs and how, yeah. And, and if so, like, how would you address this? And, you know, I guess it's a broader question about what the challenges are when it comes you know, when, when talking about interoperability and NFTs. Sure. Sure. Yeah. And I think, I think it comes down to the kind of different types of users again. Right. So, um, you know, right now, uh, we're still in, in the early days and uh, kind of a lot of people we interact with and talk to, um, uh, there are certain values that they care about, right? And, and then there's mainstream retail users and there's certain values that they care or don't care about, right? So um, there are some users on Stargaze who don't even know what the word provenance means and don't, don't care about it, right? They just want to get like their fun little avatar or something. Um, and then there's more kind of people into builders in the blockchain world who do, who do care about this stuff. Um, and yeah, provenance is definitely tied to the chain. And uh, in, in, in the Cosmos world, actually, you know, on, on, on any chain, right, everything's, everything's on chain. So there's like a block explorer, right? And uh, so you can always track the provenance. And then, um, you know, we're working on ICS 721, which is uh, IBC NFT transfers. And then um, if an NFT does transfer to another chain, 
you can start tracking its provenance there as well, right? So I think I think what we will will have at some point is like a block explorer, like a like a like a multi-chain interchain block explorer that can you know track track the provenance, right? So I think I I think that's um, very useful tooling that can be built um, after IBC transfers are a thing, right? So, so right now, if you use MintScan, um, if you if you do an IBC transfer of like a regular token, right, you can kind of follow the prominence of that token, right? You can uh, you can see that it was uh, you know IBC transferred from like one chain to Osmosis or something, and then transferred to another chain. You can you know you can still kind of track it. So so even after uh, we do have cross chain NFTs, it's still possible to track it. And I think it's just uh, solving the provenance problem is just a tooling problem. Right. Mm. So so we'll have some kind of uh, prominence tracker that's like just multi-chain and just built across all these block explorers. Hmm. And you, you, you don't. So do you think that um, do you think that a derivative of an NFT then should, you know, would trade at or, you know, would have the same value as the original uh, in the same in the same way that a fungible token uh well typically trades around the same value or like it, it, what's the pre what's the what's the premium there or not the premium but like the the um uh, yeah like what's the premium for the original asset over the bridged asset um so we had to be careful using the term derivative here because that's also used to describe um, a derivative or project itself. So if someone makes Sorry, a copy of yeah. CryptoPunks, then that's a derivative uh, NFT project. But I think you're you're talking about more like a like a you know like a uh, like a synthetic NFT, like a uh, you know synthetic uh, um, is the word I, uh, I meant to use. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. No. Yeah, yeah. So so if you move um, uh, an NFT from Stargaze to let's say like another chain, um, uh, yeah, the you know the original uh, kind of uh, provenance kind of can be tracked back to Stargaze because it was like minted there. Right, but then there might be some like uh, um, uh, some kind of like uh, I don't know lending and borrowing platform or something like that on this other chain that they might want to use, right? And um, if they want to kind of uh, get back the original asset, they still have to kind of transfer it back to Stargaze, right? Yeah. So so they can still kind of like use it as its 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 own NFT on this other chain, right? To me, to me, it's no different from moving IBC assets like fungible assets. Right. Uh, it, it just depends on the security of that chain. Right. So if they if, if, if they move it to uh, a, a chain that's like, you know, like a test net or something, then it may not be as secure and it, they can possibly have it get stuck there. Right. Yeah. And then you have this issue where the NFT is like still locked up on Stargaze and now it's no longer available because that other chain went down. Right. Yeah. So yeah. so that, that that just kind of puts the burden on the user. But that's just exactly how IBC works anyway. Right. Yeah. Okay. So what's the status of uh, ICS 721, right? So like ERC 721 is the Ethereum token standard for NFTs. And there's like other standards that have come since then. And I, I don't know all of them by number, but um, and then ICS 721 is sort of the Cosmwasm implementation of that. Um or, or Cosmos SDK implementation, I guess. Well, well, there's right. two separate things. So, so there is, um, uh, so there is the NFT token standard, 
there's yeah. the just the SDK module. So it's just the yeah. SDK.nft, which is the SDK module. Uh, For the then there's standard. C- yeah. And and then there's CW721, which is the Cosm Wasm standard. And the Stargate right. stuff is based on CW721. Uh, so we take okay. CW721 and added royalty and added, added royalties to it pretty much. Um, so a, a, a an ICS721 token that's minted using the, co- the, the Cosmos SDK module, is that fungible with the Cosm Wasm? the CW721 implementation or are they interoperable? Yes, they're interoperable. So um, like the point of uh, like a spec is to make like a uh, tech uh, tech agnostic uh, um, kind of thing, right? So mm-hmm. um, just like uh, um, ICS20, you know, just like ICS20 is the is the fungible token standard, right? Yeah. Um, so you can move fungible tokens, IBC assets across any Cosmos chain. Um, ICS721 is the same. So, um, so the the NFT token standards themselves are the SDK module and CW721, and then the fun and then the cross chain transfer protocol is ICS ICS721. Right. But are they t- are they tangibly the same thing? Or if you if you if you minted an ICS seven twenty one NFT using the module, and then you move that uh, into the Cosmosm contract on the same chain, are, are you then dealing with a synthetic on the same chain? Or is oh, you're talking about if you have uh, the SDK module and Cosmosm on the same chain. Yeah, I guess that wouldn't make sense. I guess this I guess the standard sort of exists. So that, say, like an ICS721 token minted on chain A can move to Stargaze that uses CW721 uh, and, and not the module, I presume, right? So it's, it's just so that we have interoperability between chains that are using the, the, the sort of vanilla module, the Cosmos SDA module, and chains that are using the Cosmosm standard, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, like on a chain, chain like Omniflix or Asset Mantle that use uh, just the SDK module, uh, you can use ICS seven twenty one to transfer, um, you know, like one of their NFTs to Stargaze, or you okay. can transfer Stargaze NFT through ICS seven twenty one to one of those other chains, right? And because it's okay. it's agnostic to kind of the underlying uh, um, uh, technology, it it still works. Okay, but that doesn't work yet because IBC doesn't work over these standards yet. Is that is that right? Oh no, it's uh so so um the implementations for ICS seven twenty one on the on the SDK side and on the Cosm Watson side are done. Um, we're just waiting to uh, uh um where so so this thing called this thing called Game of NFTs that's launching next month. Okay. And uh, we're just kind of waiting to kind of battle test all this stuff out, right? So um, we just had to kind of make sure, just kind of test all the all the edge cases, right? So like, you know, like, is it possible to take an NFT and just transfer it across multiple chains like millions of times and, 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 and uh, you know, cause some kind of attack that way? Or, mm-hmm. you know, is it possible for um, an NFT to not properly get burned so it'll exist on two different chains, Right, so we need to kind of like really, really battle test this stuff first. Okay, um, it's been audited and everything, and uh, you know we can just turn it on. I mean, w- w- we can deploy the contract now and build an interface for it, but you know we we want to test it out first in like okay, a, a, so more I, of a real world environment. I, I didn't know this was going on. So, so right now, basically, we're sort of like 
at the cusp of being able to transfer NFTs between different chains. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Tell, t talk about this. Like, this is interesting. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I, yeah, I think, I think it's going to be pretty cool. Um, you know, each chain has kind of like a unique kind of value prop, right? And uh, there's kind of unique protocols running on, on each chain. And um, we're getting to the point where like, you know, NFTs are becoming more of a thing in Cosmos. Um, in most of the other ecosystems is bringing in most of the volume. Like if you look at Ethereum or Solana, um, something like, you know, 60% of like the new people coming in are coming in for NFTs, right? Um, uh, yeah. Cosmos in terms of like retail mainstream adoption is a little behind. But that's going to change, you know, that's going to change in the next next couple of years, um, especially when we have we have like, you know, high profile projects like DYDX launching. There's going to be just a lot more people coming into into the ecosystem. Um, and then, um, yeah, and then and, and then and then after that, I think uh, we will see kind of like, you know, a bit more usage of this stuff um, in terms of in terms of cross chain. Uh, you know, you can do something like, for example, like Secret Network, uh, they have um, their NFTs can have, pri have private metadata, right? Yeah. So let's hypothetically say you're making a game and you have like assets that are you want to keep private or something, right? Then you can uh, like maybe, you know, uh, like mint those on like Secret, but then you want to trade them, then you can like, you know, transfer them to Stargaze and trade it in its marketplace, right? Or... Um, let's just say a creator um, uh, is really affiliated with uh, some other chain for whatever reason, and they kind of want to mint it there, but then they want to trade it in the marketplace in Stargaze, then they can move it over and vice versa. Right. Does hmm. uh, Secret so use can, uh, the same standard, the ICS 721? Yeah, Secret uses um, uh, I, uh, um, like a fork of CW721. Uh, they had to obviously change it because they have their own kind of custom privacy stuff. Yeah. Right. Okay. Uh, but we do want to work with them at some point and get uh, IBC transfers working with Secret as well. Yeah, no, that would be cool. So, yeah. so, so like, I mean, I guess then the world starts looking a little bit more like um, NFTs on Ethereum where you can mint an NFT on um in like a contract and then you can move that nft to any marketplace that supports uh erc721 so you can move it to OpenSea or rarible or you know whatever showtime or uh, i'm not super plugged into these things but those are the three i know off the top of my head um and and then they they can be traded there there might be like you know different amounts of volume on each of these platforms but at least you're able to do that and then you can also interface with any kind of external facing uh, product that supports that standard. So for example, like one example would be like Twitter Blue that uh, is able to verify ERC-721s or at least with OpenSea they can. Um, so you could do like token gated communities on any of these chains, as long as you've got a Kepler wallet that has NFTs in it, it doesn't matter what chain it's on. It just, it just understands that like this wallet has I you know ICS or CW721 tokens in it. Yes, exactly. So, you know, let's say um you want to have uh you know your Twitter avatar that like, you know, hexagon thing that they if you, if you associate like an like an NFT with uh Twitter, yeah. um let's say you want your bad kid to show up there, right? Then you can uh at at some point in the future, sometime this year, you'll be able to uh you know, transfer an NFT to Ethereum um you know, over Grav Gravity Bridge or something and then and then um once you have it on ethereum then you can add it to your 
Twitter profile. Okay, so that's, that's kind cool. Of one use case yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay, so you guys will have ah. Well, this brings me to my next question: <laughs> outposts. Yeah. So um, how how, will that, how is that going to work? And um, through yeah, through which you, you mentioned Gravity Bridge uh, with Ethereum. What other? Um, I guess maybe you know, define is it like maybe explain what an outpost is because I, I feel like it's a topic that a lot of people have been kind of throwing around, and uh, uh, you know my my grasp of this concept is not full yet, so uh, it would be helpful. <laughs> yeah, uh, you know, this kind of concept is still, uh, um, uh, you know, we're kind of in the early days of figuring this out. Um, we wanted to call it star, star bases, but it seems like the word outpost is, is what people are using. So we'll just use the same, same, same terminology. It's a bit old timey, I find. It, it evokes, you know, like... <laughs> you know, fucking like horses and, you know, <laughs> right. Yeah. Carriages. Yeah. And it, <laughs> yeah, it's like, it's, it's a bit weird, you know, you have an outpost and then or you're creating like a settlement or something <laughs> on like another yeah, chain. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, but, but basically what it is, is uh, like, like kind of like a proxy. Uh, uh, so in the case of Stargaze it's going to be like a proxy to the marketplace on another chain. Yeah. Um, so, so if this other chain um, wants to use uh, Stargaze Marketplace, um, the this 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 outpost abstracts all the IBC work, right? So this outpost will kind of handle the uh, ICS seven twenty one transfer uh, and 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 just kind of like do do all that all that dirty work for uh, for this chain, and mm. and then in the view of that chain, they're just talking to a regular contract, right? So they'll they're talk to the outpost. And they'll be able to like list on the marketplace. They'll be able to do auctions, like pretty much all the stuff you can do on the marketplace. They'll be able to do it on this other chain um, as if the marketplace was like live and living on that chain. But yeah. behind the scenes is getting, is getting proxy to Stargaze. Okay. And um, you know, we could, we could use any sort of bridge like Axelar or whatever. What's the prospect of, um, I guess, yeah, there's a broader question about interoperability. Uh, what are your thoughts on like ZKIBC implementations uh, to effectively kind of eliminate the need for um, for a bridge or like some sort of a mechanism that's you know that sits between two chains where you just have like an implementation of IBC uh, in a in a zk circuit on Ethereum. I, I I haven't looked into zk uh, zk IBC yet, but it, it definitely sounds sounds fascinating. Um, but but in the in 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 the current state of bridges, um, Axlar is launching this thing called generalized message passing, yeah. where you can also do uh, do NFT transfers. So we're probably going to work with them for NFT transfers on other chains. Uh, so maybe maybe um, Solana, maybe Polygon. Uh, maybe some some of these other chains, and um, and then uh, use ICS seven seven twenty one within Cosmos because it's IBC native, is Cosmos native, right? And then um, we're, we're we're probably going to work with Gravity on uh, bridging to Ethereum, uh, but that okay. could be done with Axlar too, and we we might use both. I'm not sure. Uh, okay. Yeah, I'm not sure. I'm not sure about that yet. And does this mean we can also move NFTs from Ethereum over? To Cosmos, so it's, it's, it's bi-directional, right? Like, oh yeah, you could you you could have like your CryptoPunk or whatever on like Stargaze Marketplace or something like that. Yeah, and we're, and, and we're so close to getting that working. So the, so there's only one one missing piece uh, of that right now. So um, 
so with ICS 721, you can transfer an NFT from Gravity to Stargaze, right? Um, um, yeah. And uh, and 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 you and Gravity, you can transfer an NFT to Gravity, right? But there has to be um, uh, uh, there's the the only missing piece is to detect that an NFT has been transferred to Gravity, and then to create the ICS 721 packet to send that to Stargaze. So that's like the the only missing kind of piece left to get that working. Mm. And this this NFT would then be sort of locked in a contract on Ethereum, um, such that you don't end up with this situation with the where they exist in two places effectively. Yeah, it's, yeah, it, it'll be essentially held by escrow uh, on in the contract and gravity, and and a synthetic version will be minted on Stargaze. Okay, and I I heard you speaking about this somewhere too, where you. You know, in the context of scaling, right? So, like, okay, right now, I think we maybe don't need, um, you know, to scale like on chain, like like uh, like Stargaze to anything more than what uh, Tendermint and the Cosmos SDK can 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 provide. Um, but um, in the context of scaling, what, what are your thoughts on using interchain accounts to use Stargaze to mint NFTs on other chains, like? Yeah, yeah, I think I, I, I think that's fascinating, and um, I think a good use for that might be in DeFi protocols, right? So um, in Uniswap v3, for example, your liquidity position is represented by an NFT, right? Yep. And um, I believe that's going to happen in in Cosmos too. Um, we're also kind of working on a DEX, and that's the, the is going to work 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 that way as well. Um, but I think. Uh, you know, let's say there is a chain that um, is a DeFi protocol, but they don't have expertise in like NFTs and they don't want to manage anything with like NFTs. Right. So so that protocol, if it, it you know, if it wants, can use like Stargaze as this like kind of NFT infra. And 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 if it wants to mint like a LP NFT or whatever, it can it, it could like do that like over ICA or something like that onto Stargaze. OK, so it would be like a Stargaze native NFT. Um, where you know all these things when we were talking about providence, right? Like the, the providence goes back to Stargaze, but you're you've effectively minted it on another chain uh, using ICA. So like the other chain would have to support 721 standard, and then you you use ICA to mint it there. But then it it would always have to go back to you know to Stargaze to to sort of find its home uh, if if you want to have like the the true uh, native token. Yeah, yeah, and 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 we're, and we're still in the early days of figuring this stuff out, but you know we're going to have some kind of interoperability between um, ICA, uh, ICQ, and also Cosmosm, right? Because cool. Cosmosm can also have uh, interacting contracts on other chains, other Cosmosm. Yeah, chains. that's super cool. Like, I mean, this is really like interesting stuff. I yeah, happy, happy we're able to dive dive deep here. Um, so yeah, we talked a little bit about this earlier, and I, I mentioned it in the intro, but you were saying how you know, you, you think that we're spending way too much time on infrastructure and not enough on product. And I think that's an interesting take because I, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm kind of of this opinion that there, there are infrastructure, infrastructure application cycles that kind of res respond to each other where we're like, we build applications and then people come, right? And they, we kind of push infrastructure to its limits and then people build infrastructure. We've seen this throughout like all of technology going back to, 
you know, like the earliest example would be like people built airplanes before they built runways, right? Uh, or people built light bulbs before we had an electricity grid. And I think this also, uh, to some extent, exists in crypto, right? We built Bitcoin before we had a Bitcoin network, and um, we you know, we pushed Ethereum to its limits during the the ICO boom and like that whole phase, and and then we went on and scaled Ethereum. And and I feel like right now there's a lot of uh, you know the the, the the last cycle uh, had its kind of flagship applications and NFTs were the kind of application, I think that really, um, you know, uh, had its, had its moment there. Um, and, and now it feels like we're going back to some kind of infrastructure building phase where a lot of people are focusing on infrastructure. Uh, I mean, like I'm, I'm publishing a post in a couple of days. So it just has like, here are the 10 infrastructure things that we're looking at. Um, like it, our, our, do, do you think that 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 the current infrastructure that we have can support all the applications that people would want to build? Um, and yeah, like wh where where do you see like the the where do you see this cycle sort of playing out? Um, yeah, so my take on this, I mean, I mean, first of all, I think infrastructure is terribly terribly important, right? We won't be here if the infrastructure wasn't there. Um, my take on this is is that. Um, you know, if you look at uh, if you look at Terra, right? Um, Terra was just a vanilla um, Cosmosm chain. Um, it got to the point where it was like the third largest chain by volume, right? And it was doing just fine, right? It, it was it was it was just doing just fine for a while, right? And 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 what what brought Terra down wasn't uh, anything to do with scalability, right? Um, uh, and and right now we have all these alt L1s. Um, a lot of them have plenty of block space that can still be used. So I think we're at a moment in time where I think the infrastructure is pretty good. Um, I think uh, like right now, Cosmos is only limited by the creativity of the devs, right? You can come and build anything on Cosmos right now. Um, all, all the tooling is kind of there now, is pretty mature. Um, so, so we don't necessarily need to be focused on kind of like pie in the sky, uh, you know, uh, crazy uh, kind of scalability right now, because um, especially with the recent downturn, uh, at least right now, right, it, it could totally handle the number of users. So, yeah. um, so I think, I think, I think it's a really good time to kind of focus on, on, on applications too, right? And um, you know, typically how how it at least worked in the web world, or in at least in in the web two world, was um, you would build an app first, right, and then and then you would scale it when you get the uh, like um, enough users that you have to scale, right. So I think I think we we are doing a little bit of premature optimization right now. I think crypto in general, um, uh, because uh, a lot of the teams, like for example, Stargaze, like you know, our team can build scalability solutions if we really want to, right? So mm -hmm. if we really want to, we can work on like optimistic block propagation and stuff like that. Um, it's just that we don't, we don't necessarily have a need for it now, right? But, but if like, let's say like, you know, Disney comes to us or something and says, hey, we want to launch this collection of Stargaze. I'm like, oh, okay, let's, you know, take a two or three weeks and, and, and scale things even more, right? So, um, I, I, I think there's maybe a, a little bit of underappreciation for teams that could 
uh, kind of operate that way, where they operate a bit more like a like a like a typical startup, where you focus on the product first, and then you scale when you have to, you know, instead of uh, you know, just your entire story is only about scaling. Right? Yeah. I think I see your point. I mean, from my perspective, I think there's a lot of infrastructure that's being built right now that doesn't focus specifically on scaling or maybe scaling is one of the benefits, but it's it's not the only benefit. And, you know, one uh, area is like this whole modular blockchain uh, thesis, right? And I think, you know, scaling is an important aspect of that, but I think it's also just making it easier for people to launch applications, uh, because like launching your own, you know, Cosmosm chain, uh, or sorry, launching, launching your own Cosmos chain is like not a, not an easy feat. Like you got to get validators and everything. Okay. Like I, uh, security is going to help with that, but you know, it's a big undertaking, right? Whereas if you just have to launch like a fuel roll up, uh, and you know, there are tools that just make it easy for you to do that. And you're a developer and you'd like, you don't want to think about consensus and you're not building anything that requires you to really like you know, optimize consensus or like look into blocks and stuff, then, then you can do that. And so like, I, I see that as kind of a, a, you know, a little bit of the WordPress era, right. Where like people are just launching their own chains and launching, well, launching their own app decentralized applications using something like Celestia. And then there's a whole bunch of other stuff that just has like, well, that's, that's necessary. And I think important that, um, you know, doesn't really have to do with scaling. So, like interoperability protocols is one of them where, okay, we want people to be able to move tokens between ecosystems that go beyond beyond uh, Cosmos. So like all the ZK stuff I was talking about or like Axelar, these things, um, you know, DAO tooling, like all the DAO DAO uh, tooling, you know, like we've been, I, I've, been, I've been, you know, wishing for years that we could do like multi-sig the way we do in Ethereum. Like we you know, desperately need that stuff and it's great. And like they're doing, like, just, they're just rocking it. Um, custody, you know, like, uh, like seed phrases are not the way to onboard the next billion or 2 billion users. Like that's, that's ridiculous. And so we need, you know, MPC infrastructure, we need account abstraction uh, tooling um, to be able to build wallets that people can do recovery, you know, and the list goes on. And I feel like th this is the kind of infrastructure that I think empowers and really inspires developers to build better tools to then like that bring uh, to build better applications that will onboard the next, you know, like 500, 500 million billion users because applications are going to be easier to use because then we'll have people that are like inspired to build cooler things. And, and that's like what I'm, I'm really quite excited about right now. Yeah, you do have a really good point there, but I think, um, uh, you know, maybe we can uh, separate out UX as kind of like its own thing, right? That's maybe separate from scalability, but like, yeah, UX is terribly important. And, 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 and it's one of the reasons why people would use a centralized exchange over like a decentralized, a decentralized exchange. Yeah. Um, that could definitely use a lot of work, right? Um, yeah. Wallets could improve a lot. Uh, we need to explore like different types of custody solutions, uh, different types of like authentication, um, you know, I think Kepler is doing a, like a really good job where you can just kind of like log in with Google, right? Yeah. Um, you know, maybe we need to add like other services and stuff like that and just, just make key management and wallets just a lot, lot simpler. Mm. So, so I'm, 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 I'm a huge fan of that stuff. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. I think like a lot of infrastructure, you know, is, is kind of like developer tooling that ends up making 
UX a lot better. Like this, this, this uh, single sign-on in Kepler, it's made possible because of, I think they're using Web3 sign-in or what used to be called Taurus or something in the back end there. Yeah. And that's infrastructure that people use all the time, right? And, and, and don't realize that there's like some other company in the back end, you know, building that infrastructure, making it available and making sure that like they get access to their wallet next time they log in with their Google account. Um, yeah. And yeah. I don't think people really know what's going on behind the scenes there, right? It's actually like no. doing like, like threshold uh, signing. So uh, it, it's actually like sharding your key into like, you know, a few different shards and storing them on validators. And then when you log in again, it uses your auth uh, authentication token and reconstructs the key on the client side. Yeah. Right. So, so it's doing some pretty, pretty interesting stuff like in the back. Yeah. And then, and then privacy is a huge one too. I think, I think that is, you know, one of the, like, I, I sort of see it as the web's HTTPS moment where basically we couldn't do credit card payments on the internet until I think it was the Netscape team came around and developed HTTPS. And that made, you know, Amazon possible, right? It made like all of this, all all of e-commerce possible. And, and, and then there was a long time during which we didn't really have HTTPS outside of payments and, uh, around 2012, I think, or maybe even earlier, like Google decided that, okay, Chrome is just going to throw up a big warning every time you use a website that doesn't use HTTPS. And that kind of forced everybody to go to private, um, to, to HTTPS. And, and I, I feel like in crypto, you know, if you want to onboard like a billion users, small businesses and corporations, you need privacy. Like you absolutely can't go around like just showing your entire net worth and history of financial transactions to everyone for all of eternity. And, you know, I, I kind of, uh, when, um, you know, this, 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 I promise this ties into something else I want to ask you about, but when, um, when ICNS came out, uh, I, I kind of threw up my hands. I was like, this is crazy. Like, I mean, basically there, there is, there's zero, I mean, okay, maybe we don't have the technology yet and maybe, you know, we don't have the privacy technology yet to uh, make it such that you can buy a domain um, and like not tie it to your existing wallet. So you don't see the providence of the funds to pay for the fees. And, but at least tell people, right? like you, there should be a huge warning when you're registering the name. And, you know, I don't have a Stargaze name, but I looked at the website. It doesn't have this warning, but there should be like a massive, like, please be aware that by doing this, whatever you do with this address will forever be known to anyone who looks at it. And all your past, present and future transactions will be made public. Um, and like, by the way, governments and, you know, the IRS and, you know, are actively using, uh, things like chain analysis and like openly using them. Um, and so, yeah, I think, I think we, we can't fool ourselves about this like pseudonymity that we used to have when, you know, crypto was relatively early. We don't have that anymore. That like that, that, those area, that, that era is gone. Um, how do you think of privacy then in the context of, of, of Stargaze and specifically in the context of star name, um, or start, sorry, is it star names or? Uh, it's Stargaze names. Stargaze names, sorry. I, yeah. I confused it with star, star name, which yeah, was another know, failed yeah, project. Uh, yeah, um, I don't know if they failed, but yeah. Not, uh, but yeah, um, yeah, how do we fix this? Because like, you know, we're, we're not going to onboard like the next half of humanity if, if everyone's 
uh, financial information and transactions are, are made public. Yeah. So there's a couple of things going on here, right? So um, a lot of the people in uh, NFT communities um, are kind of the opposite that they want to flex their, like what they have. They want to, uh, people like to share their profile and their collections with other people. Um, and then uh, the creators want to be known, right? And uh, the collectors want to know who the creators are, right? And um, a lot of people want to, uh, you know, only buy NFTs from the creator uh, creators that they trust is not going to like rug them, right? So, so they want to uh, maybe follow them on Twitter. They want to see their like past, like history, what they talk about, all this kind of stuff. Um, and there's this whole kind of community aspect to it, right? So, so the demographic of the people that are kind of into NFTs, at least right now, um, uh, don't seem to care too much about privacy. Um, is is just is just maybe the 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 state of the community right now. Um, and and um, uh, well, what was I going to say? Like, so so it's uh, and and also kind of like younger demographics. Like, if you look at uh, people who use like Venmo, right? They're they're um, they're like all their memo transactions are public. They're sharing it with their friends and stuff like that. Um, are they people just kind of? Uh, I mean, I, we don't have Venmo in Europe, but oh, okay. Um, are they? Yeah, are they yeah. Public? Yeah, yeah. You can have like uh, you, you can have transactions that are public. I, I think it's private by default, but you can have <laughs> transactions that are public too, so people okay. can see what you're buying with your credit card and, and like who you're Venmoing to and 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 stuff like that so so i think um there's a couple of angles there's a couple of things going on here there's um you know like like younger demographics are uh, care a little less about privacy everything's open and they celebrate everything being being open um uh but you know privacy is terribly important for you know financial transactions um but but it may not be as important um uh for nfts right now um, but, but yeah, for, but, I think for NFTs, it doesn't, but like, mm -hmm. look, I mean, like, uh, I don't know, I, I, I don't flex an NFT collection, but, um, yeah. oh, like, uh, see, I, I do, I do flex like these synths back here. Oh, those <laughs> but, are cool. Uh, but you know, uh, but, but, but I don't, I don't like, yeah. flex my, uh, my, my bank account or anything like that. And you know, there's a separation between like, okay, maybe I right. bought like, maybe I've got like two grand worth of synths. But uh, you still <laughs> cool. can't deduct my bank account, you know. Um, yeah. So there, I think I think there's like a, a level of granularity that is necessary and because, like, these things are so just connected and tied together. Um, yeah, it, yeah. It's 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 it feels a bit unsettling to me that there's not more uh, just awareness around the the kind of long-term risks of using. And I, you know, I think mostly it's like people put themselves as people put them themselves at, at a, a really high risk of like, uh, like tax audits, you know, uh, because most people I think just don't do their tax, their crypto taxes, right. Uh, for those who do do them and those who don't, well, just don't do it. And uh, I think there's like a, a huge risk that authorities might come after them, even if they've done, things relatively right or they thought they'd done things right uh, at some point in the future yeah yeah i mean I, you know I'm, I'm i'm looking for a day where privacy is like a first class primitive uh you know across cosmos and like everywhere right so i'm very excited about projects like penumbra that are launching yeah. soon and uh you know they're going to have like their own like um shielded pool and then who knows in the future maybe uh 
you know, there could be like cross chain transactions between Phenomena and Stargaze even. Um, but yeah, I mean, I mean, getting, getting back to names, right. So, um, so Stargaze names, like anyone can go and mint it. Right. But it's, it's optional. Like you don't, you don't have to do it. Right. Um, and, uh, if you do want to kind of, uh, uh, create a name, you can always like, you know, create it with like a different wallet or something. If you don't want to yeah. expose a different wallet, um, and uh, yeah, it, it's it's really it, it just leaves it up to the user to associate whatever they want with it, right? But the issue like, there is that even if you create with another wallet, you still need to move funds from your main wallet to get the, like you know, um, in order to, to to pay for the fees. And so you unless you like go through an exchange or something, right? It's like it's not trivial to be to be to be. Um, Private. Yeah, it's not it's it's not trivial yet. It's it's not trivial yet, but like, you know, I'm 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 looking to the like the future where there'll be some kind of like, you know, mixer or something in the ecosystem and you you'll you'll easily be able to send funds to like a new account, right? Yeah. But right yeah, right now is not is not trivial right now. Yeah, I I think that like any domain name service that that, you know, respects people's privacy should have that as a built-in feature. Just like if you're going to buy this thing, hey, there's going to be some added fees, but they're going to go to some mixer and that will be all taken care of. And like, you're going to get a fresh address with fees on it. Or like, we're going to front the fees for you, like some some kind of thing, right? Where your identity is detached from, if you know, from the... From the, from the account. Totally, yeah. And, and, and it should be an option for people that want to have it as an option. Yeah. Um... So, yeah, I I guess uh, I I did want to talk about a little for my own kind of selfish selfish uh, you know reasons. I want to talk about Stargate Studio. Um, so, I, I I think soon we'll probably have a concept where uh, there'll be artwork generated for each episode, um, and that would be kind of like unique artwork. A little bit like Epicenter, right? Like where we have this kind of polygon thing that people know us for there. Uh, I'd like to have something similar here. So we're working on some concepts. And so, you know, in the next few months, I hope to be able to have a listener NFT, kind of like a Poe app, right? Where every episode, like, you know, you come on, you get your own, you know, artwork and, and, and people who listen to the podcast within a certain time window, they can get this kind of proof of listen NFT. And, oh, you know, cool. this... Yeah, and and I'd love to use Stargaze to do this, and this kind of throws me back to like early, early, early days of crypto podcasting when um, Let's Talk Bitcoin used to have their magic word, and so you'd have to listen for the magic word. We would say the magic word on air, and then you would get some tokens for like having. Oh, really? How do you know that? Word. Oh, fun! This is like, yeah, uh, Adam B. Levine had done this on on, on on Let's Talk Bitcoin platform, but anyway, so uh, yeah, I'd love to like use some of the tools there. Uh, what are some yeah, like, well, I, yeah, I guess my question is, what are some of the applications you think that uh, NFTs can be used for for creators? And uh, is is Stargaze or will Stargaze work on like better creator tools for podcasters and YouTubers to kind of integrate their content with Stargaze so that they can you know, build their communities around this? And uh, yeah, we've got like other ideas too. Like, you know, we do this conference, uh, Neverless Summit, um, which we'll be announcing soon. And we'd love to have it such that people who have our NFTs have these POAPs, right? They, they get access to early uh, early access tickets and, and stuff like this. Totally, yeah. I mean, we're we're always uh, making the creator tooling better. Um, so Stargaze actually launched with a command line tool called, uh, called Stargaze Tools. 
And um, we could have actually launched with a um, like a nice website for kind of uh, creators to launch a collection. Um, but then what what we what we realized is that um, at that time there wasn't like really good kind of filtering on the website and um, uh, creators that went the extra step to like learn the tooling and use the tooling also had like better collections and better art and stuff like that, right? So so um, the the it, it was. Uh, on purpose to actually launch with the command line tool because it was like a little bit of a barrier to like entry. And uh, when we did launch, there was like six or 700 projects that wanted to launch on Stargaze at like on the first day. And we had to like bring it down to like 10 or 11. Right. So, um, uh, uh, so, so, the, so having the command line tooling initially actually helped, you know, bring, uh, bring on better, like higher quality projects on, uh, on Stargaze. But now, now after kind of like the filtering and sorting and stuff is there, now we can start uh, improving the tooling so we can get everyone to launch whatever they want. Right. So that's the goal. Um, so um, Stargaze Studio is still in the early days, but you can use it now and launch and launch a collection. Um, I know, I think you've been playing with badges a little bit. I think we're going to be, uh, yeah. uh, I, I, I think that is going to be coming into Stargate Studio as well. Yeah. And uh, yeah, just overall, like better creator tooling. And also a lot of creators are asking for like ways to like track their sales and like generate like data and like reports they need for taxes and stuff like that. Mm. So um, yeah, that's just kind of like an ongoing effort. And, cool, uh, very cool. Yeah, yeah. they're going to be building more stuff. Yeah, we'll, we'll definitely we'll reach out to you whenever uh, whenever we've got a bit more of a handle about like the creative as creative aspect of this and see how we can we can build it in. Um, yeah, like I think as we wrap up here, the question I wanted to ask you is uh, like you know it just uh, to contextualize here we, we discussed this a little bit right? like the the, the last the, the 2017 cycle you know the big use case there I think was uh, was funding so you know, there was this, all this exuberance around ICOs. And at that point, at some point like that fizzled out and, and now people still do uh, fundraising using a blockchain, but they have these like staffed agreements and they've kind of structured things around that. Um, and, and that is kind of what that produced, right? Like ICO is kind of produced uh, this, this new more serious or like kind of regulatory, <laughs> regulatory compliant way of doing funding. Um, now in the, in the last cycle, like we had all this exuberance around NFTs and like, just like tons of people pouring money into this and, you know, all of the kind of insanity. You know, for me, it felt very similar to the ICO bubble. Um, what what do you think is coming out of that? Like, what do you think we're getting out of this, all of this exuberance? Like, what's the what's the kind of child that births from like all this all this insanity where in like two, three years from now, we'll be like, oh, that's what all of that was for, you know? Yeah, I mean, the way I see it is that anytime something new comes out, some new technology comes out, it goes through like a toy phase, right? This overly yeah. kind of uh, exuberant um, kind of phase. And um, that's where NFTs are right now. They're in the toy phase. People are just kind of playing around with it. Um, uh, and, and uh, you know, our, our goal right now, our job is to kind of build the infra, build, build the tooling, right? And then um, at some point in time, people will use it for all kinds of stuff, right? You know, uh, uh, like, I don't know, maybe your home deed will be like an NFT or something or uh, <laughs> like, like it could, it could get to the point where like all media 
is is like NFTs and it's just the default standard, right? Um, at the end of the day, it's just a container for data, right? So you yeah. can, uh, it, it's going to move beyond just art and stuff like that. Like, um, I think, I, yeah, I, I, yeah, I talked earlier about like, uh, you know, LP positions as NFTs. Uh, you can also imagine like, you know, let's say you are building a strategy for like sommelier or something like that, right? That strategy can be encoded as like uh, NFT metadata, right? And 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 the the person that authored uh, that that created that could you know monetize it and sell it as an as an NFT, right? Um, you can have uh, one thing we're looking to build is like a blogging platform, right? Like you can you you can like the content for the blog can just be metadata in the in in the NFT, right? Mm. Um, uh, maybe even like a governance forum or something that's based around it. So there, yeah, there's just so much stuff that you can build. And, and, and um, I think, I think we're going to start seeing a lot more interesting stuff because the overly exuberant phase is kind of over. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm looking forward to that, uh, to that stuff being built. Um, Shane, thanks so much for coming on. This has been like a really fascinating discussion. I've learned so much. Uh, I've also expanded my, uh, expanded uh you know a little bit like my view of the space and uh where things might be going and and definitely i uh, got a much better understanding of like token standards and uh, interoperability um between uh between yeah cause you know cosmosm and and and, uh, and vanilla cosmos module so thanks for that and uh yeah look forward to continuing um learning more about stargaze as as you guys build out this project Awesome, man. Thanks for having me. Yeah, it was a really fun chat. Thank you. Thanks. And to our listeners, thanks for tuning in. Uh, we go live every week, so please make sure to subscribe, hit the notification bell and the like button. And if you like this content, please consider staking with us. Uh, we're currently live on Evmos and Osmosis and some other networks very soon. So we'll see you next week.